Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike, and I'm at home, sitting in one of the upstairs rooms of my house, with my Bible open to 1 Peter chapter 2, where it says in verses 9 through 11, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When I teach on city and community transformation in different parts of the world, um, I'll teach and expand on what I call six paradigms of transformation. And these are just simply broad biblical principles that are common characteristics of transformation movements in different parts of the world. Now, my list certainly isn't the only list out there. Um, there are some great teachers and practitioners um, like Ed Silvoso um, with Transform Our World and um, George Otis Jr. with the Sentinel Group um, who have um, their own lists that they call paradigms of transformation. And I've certainly borrowed heavily from their lists. Um, Ed Silvoso's list is very focused on um, the marketplace. George Otis Jr.'s list, um, very focused on prayer. Um, but as I compiled my own list, um, the one thing that I wanted to make sure to include specifically were those principles, those paradigms that were applicable at every level of transformation. Because the gospel transforms on many levels. As an individual, I, I can be born again through faith and transformed by the Holy Spirit as I continue to exercise faith in God's word, as I remove the veil, repent of sin, trust his promises, submit to Christ's lordship, walk in the spirit. As I do those things, God transforms me, the Bible says, from glory to greater glory into the image of his son. But that's just the first level. God wants to then transform my marriage when two people become one, and God's Spirit is welcome to be at the center of that marriage relationship, that God transforms them to become a living picture of the relationship that we were created to have with our Creator. But then it expands beyond that. God wants to transform entire families, like the Philippian jailer in Acts 16. God wants, to, wants you to be saved in your entire household. Joshua, in the Old Testament, proclaimed, Choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As he just drove a stake in the ground and said, My family is going to be a place of transformation where God is allowed to rule and reign in our home. But then it expands from there that the church, the ecclesia, where two or three gather or assemble, there is a presence of God and a power to release blessings and disciple nations. You know, where brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, God, it says, commands a blessing. It says it there in Psalm 133. Then God wants to transform our world outside of the church walls into the level of the marketplace, 
That is the sphere of um, the economy, business, education, government. Whether you are an employer or an employee, a teacher or a student, a government official or a citizen, God wants to transform every sphere. And he has strategically placed people both in authority and under authority that they may bring all things practically under God's singular authority. And that brings me to the first paradigm of transformation. And that is this, that the Holy Spirit working through the church is God's only plan for transforming the world. Therefore, there is nothing on earth with greater potential to transform nations than the church. Now, God has chosen for whatever reason, you and me, to be his ambassadors, his very body in expanding his kingdom throughout the earth. And we can scratch our heads like Gideon and wonder, why would God do such a thing? Why, why would God seemingly limit himself in such a profound way? Or we can discover in faith how we can align ourselves with God's purposes. Now, there are really three keys to help us unlock our understanding of this. And the first thing is identity. Who does God say that we are? As with any biblical truth, we must first get God's perspective if we were to understand who we are as the church, who I am as a child of God. That I have not the ability in myself to discern my own circumstances, to be able to interpret the world around me. I'm completely dependent on his revelation. So that's one of the keys. And the second key is understanding our mission as the church, as the people of God. And then the third key is to understand the source of power from, and how to experience that power. Now, in the next several podcasts, we're going to look at all three of these keys. But today, I just want to touch on the first one, which is understanding our identity. In this verse that I started with today, in 1 Peter, God says, you are a chosen people, that you are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, you are a people belonging to God, that he declares, this is who you are. This is not who you are becoming. This is not what you will be in time. This is not what you feel like. But this is who you are. And then he says, you are all these things so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You see, identity births mission. God said to Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. Then he gave him the mission to defeat the Midianites. Then God showed him the source of his power so that he would know that this battle, this victory, would be the victory won by the Lord. He said, he would, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. But it started by declaring his identity. Because identity births mission. 
So who are we? If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ and have set your course to follow him, then you are a child of God. You are a new creation in Christ. You are his beloved bride. You are a member of his body. You belong to God. That's not me saying that. God has said it. Declare that in faith right now. Praise him for it right now. Take time in his presence today, right now, to pray and exercise faith. For faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But faith isn't hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is my response to hearing what God has already declared to be true. Billy Graham used to say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. May that be true of us today. Amen.